You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host. And before we begin today's program, I want to acknowledge the passing of President George Herbert Walker Bush, um, who was a fine president. Uh, He was a great chief executive, uh, a strong commander-in-chief, a Navy pilot of genuine valor, a super ambassador to the world, a highly personable, humble, high-integrity leader, and an awesome family man, and for all of these aspects, he will be missed. Um, now, moving on to the business at hand, we find that more and more American cities are adopting tree canopy and green space and clean, clean creek and river initiatives, along with wildlife uh, preservation initiatives. And one such community is Sandy Springs, Georgia, a northern suburb of the Atlanta region. Many listeners might know that this station, uh, the America's Web Radio station, is uh, located in Sandy Springs, Georgia, and that I, as a host, draw upon our community, the larger metro Atlanta community, along with the rest of the nation, and in some cases some other uh, international uh, businesses uh, or organizations, but primarily I draw upon the U.S. and the South and the Southeastern region and the metro Atlanta area and even Sandy Springs, Georgia, as a slice of America to share with people perspectives on organizations that are doing good things that exhibit best business practices or have a uh, a very forward-thinking uh, mission, and one such organization that is working with regional resources in the area of urban forestry, water uh, watershed restoration, wildlife preservation, is the organization Environment Sandy Springs, uh, a working nonprofit organization made up of uh, citizens that is providing public information to advocate for public policy. And that public policy is informed by science. And ESS is supporting the city's efforts to approach its urban natural resources in a sustainable way. And so I'm very pleased to have the chairman of Environment Sandy Springs, Bill Cleveland, with us this morning. Welcome to the Business Hour, or should I say, welcome back to the Business Hour, Bill. Thanks, Ron. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Bill, let's start with a uh, a, a broad brush a, bar, a broad brush overview of the organization. Tell us uh, essentially what the uh, scope of the ESS mission is. Uh, well, the ESS mission is really really boils down to protection of the canopy, uh, stream health, and protection of wildlife habitats. Uh, the realistic component is that in most cities, uh, people turn to government, local government, municipal government, however you want to look at it, as the protector of, of these uh, environmental aspects of the environment. And what we found out is that in Sandy Springs, uh, it's not really practical because Sandy Springs was uh, neglected for many, many years. and. What you'll find is is 
is a high demand for for basic government services uh, such as transportation, land use planning, etc. And this is this pushes down the priority that uh, the city can uh, give to protection of the environment. Now. Which is not unlike a lot of municipalities all around the country. You That's know, right. Sometimes That's right. environmental protection is lower on the totem pole, uh, w- much lower, for example, than public safety, you yeah. know, which is yeah. always of paramount importance. But, yeah, there are uh, lots of other uh, areas that get uh, uh, funded and uh, for which uh, are regarded as a higher priority. That That's the, the, the hard truth. <laughs> But it doesn't mean that we have to give up on uh, our mission uh, statement. It means that we have to think about the mission in different terms. The, the successful communities around the nation that have managed to uh, protect their natural resources have done so through uh, environmental partnerships. I'm thinking of cities like Charlotte uh, and Actually, Atlanta, um, in differing in differing ways, uh, we're not there yet uh, because what what there's a basic uh, critical mass that has to be reached to have a successful environmental partnership. One is the buy-in of the business community. Second is engaging neighborhoods. Third is engaging the city, and fourth is is having defined goals of what what a private uh, uh, entity does and what a public entity does. We're not there yet. Uh, But that's one of the things that we hope to uh, be pushing on. Um, We're of the opinion that public education, environmental education, is the first step. And that's why uh, we've taken the the step of uh, putting together an environmental uh, seminars for 2019, 20, and 21, and we've uh, this year we're going to be hosting uh, uh, an environmental seminar on water quality, led by uh, Dr. Liz Kramer at UGA. We're going to be talking about wildlife habitats with uh, Chris Mowry of Berry College, and we're going to be talking about loss of tree canopy with uh, Tony Giroso at uh, George Tech. So that kind of gives you an overview of of where we're headed and everything. Um, Bill, let's let's kind of drill down for a moment. Um, One of the areas that uh, is literally most apparent to residents of the Atlanta metro area and and Sandy Springs, and again, for that matter, many municipalities um, have urban forests, um, which are both the trees and some of the other vegetation uh, diminishing. Uh, development is such that uh, you build a house and you eliminate trees, uh, you, you put in grass, uh, you reduce uh, the overall tree canopy and the urban forest, uh, and it could be to a significant degree. Atlanta, which has had the reputation of being the city in the forest, and that would include, you know, the suburbs as well. In fact, in many cases, the suburbs have fared better than the city of Atlanta, which has been protective of its tree canopy. But Sandy Springs, being one of those cities, 
like some of the other suburbs, still sees diminishing tree canopy. And so uh, tell us a little bit about um, how Environment Sandy Springs is, is working with the community to, ha- to maintain a healthy tree canopy and overall uh, uh, urban forest. Um, let's just focus for a moment on, on the trees. Okay. Well, I think the first factor that everybody realizes uh, is the relationship between uh, development and, and loss of tree canopy. Uh, development really isn't random. This is one of the interesting things we found in our research. Development occurs uh, in proximity uh, to transportation corridors and and, and um, in uh, in proximity to commercial areas. And what we did uh, was we asked and, and received from the city. Uh, about 90 um, projects that had occurred in the last two or three years, and we graphed them. and And if you look at the if you look at how development has impacted the city, it's uh, everything along uh, Abernathy, which uh, leads to which Georgia. is the primary uh, east west uh, thoroughfare through Sandy Springs. Uh, uh, south uh, along Roswell Road. Which is the primary north-south uh, 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 thoroughfare through yeah. Sandy Springs. Uh, and and uh, between those two things, you can, you can see what is happening. Uh, in the northern section of the city, there's very little uh, development. So what we're going to see is, is uh, a development pattern uh, that is is skewed uh, when we we've heard some people say that oh you don't have to worry about the canopy because um, it'll grow back well what you're what you're actually seeing is the relative untouched development on 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 the northern section it's growing yeah it's growing but it's not but the areas around certain neighborhoods are you know problematical um, right. For for one thing, you know, uh, uh, trees age, tree uh, um, groves age, and if they're not replenished, I mean, you then have the overall effect of diminishing tree canopy. And a lot of people don't give that much thought, but we do have a lot of old growth in um, Sandy Springs and in Metro Atlanta. And so um, although we uh, haven't seen um, environment in Sandy Springs yet, uh more like uh, the Trees Atlanta organization uh, uh, in Atlanta that is is actively um, planting trees, uh, that would eventually become one of the things that we'll be supportive of and and, and in some sense um, uh, Environment Sandy Springs uh, will uh, have a an agenda much like uh, the uh, more comprehensive agenda as far as trees are concerned, um, where, and I, I, I might uh, interject uh, um, at this point, um, uh, interrupt myself to, uh, uh, to mention that uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I happen to be a board member of Environment Sandy Springs, and so much of what the organization does, or should I say 
pretty much all of what the organization does is near and dear to me. So if I say we, uh, I'm I'm referring uh, somewhat to um, my involvement in the organization as well. And one of the things we hope to do, uh, and you can talk about this, Bill, is um, to be more uh, proactive in, 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 in tree preservation as we evolve. Um, but we're going to be taking um, a break uh, in a little bit, um, or do we have some time? We have a couple minutes here, so um, I'll have you talk about Dr. Liz Kramer, who was introduced um, by uh, by you personally and by uh, the Environment Sandy Springs organization to the city of Sandy Springs, who is uh, a, a University of Georgia professor. A professor, she's the uh, she's in the Natural Resources Spatial Development Lab there. And see if you can take sixty seconds before we take this break to tell a little bit about um, what she actually has done already with the city of Sandy Springs. Liz has been great. Uh, Liz brings the background of an academic to practical um, problems. And one of the themes that she's had over the years is that while we lose trees and and their ability to filter out pollutants, it's been overlooked that as those trees come down, they're introducing impervious surface like uh, hot uh, driveways, houses, and everything, and that's what hurts the um, the uh, streams. And and so, development you know has an impact on the ability to filter out air pollutants, and it impacts the the waters. Well, uh, I I understand that she um, um, engages a geographic information uh, system approach yeah. uh, to analyzing the health of, of tree canopies. When we come back after this break, um, maybe you could uh, tell us a little bit about about the analysis that uh, she has initially introduced to the city of Sandy Springs and that we hope to, to build on. We're here with Bill Cleveland of Environment Sandy Springs. We're talking about how one city uh, working with one uh, nonprofit organization is trying to stay ahead of the curve in terms of protecting its natural resources. We'll be back with Bill Cleveland right after this break. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. and listen to The Doctor's Lounge, where you get a private insight into the conversations that doctors have amongst themselves. Join us Thursday, 8 a.m. every week. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. 
That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Bill Cleveland, who is the chairman of the board of directors of the Environment Sandy Springs organization. And Environment Sandy Springs is a nonprofit organization dedicated to protection of natural resources, focusing on the tree canopy, uh, the watershed and the wildlife of Sandy Springs. And I've been talking with, with Bill Cleveland about how ESS is working with the city of Sandy Springs uh, in an advisory w- role um, to help the city get its arms around protective policies. And before the break, we were talking about uh, Dr. Liz Kramer, who is um, offering guidance in the analysis of the health of streams, but also initially, did she not uh, offer some um, advice related to and and guidance related to analyzing the tree canopy utilizing geographic information systems? Tell, tell us a little bit about that, Bill. Yeah. Um, Liz has been consulting with, uh, I mean, providing technical assistance um, to the city basically since 2010. So uh, uh, she's helped them evolve as a GIS group, and that's important not only for environmental uh, reasons, but for transportation, land use planning, and everything. So, uh, but she specifically has guided the development of uh, tree canopy studies until recently, and then they're kind of city's kind of taking it on from there. Now, one of the um, assumptions behind uh, the previous tree studies have been that all we have to do is um, do this big study of citywide, and we get a, a number like last one was 59.4 percent tree canopy coverage. And we're, we're fine. Well, no, you're not really because you don't have any way of knowing which areas are in, are in decline and why. Uh, that's why... Right. For example, if that 59.4 is an average <laughs> for the, the, the city, yeah. you're going to have some that could be 49%, maybe yeah. some that could be 69%. And if you don't know which areas... Uh, at the low end of that spectrum are yeah. uh, diminishing in tree canopy and, and consequently in danger of losing even more trees, uh, how can you prescribe uh, yeah. uh, m- any kind of remedy for uh, uh, diminishing that trend? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, that's why one of our initiatives is, is to take the tree canopy studies and break them down by uh, council district. Uh, this this makes it. This tells you how your neighborhood is faring, uh, the neighborhoods adjacent to wherever you live in any one district, and it makes it more personal. It, it gives you a way to to interact with the the city, your city representative, and say we're concerned about you know these areas in 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 our in our uh, council district. Um, 
The nice thing about these council districts are that they tend to be uh, on natural, they're, they're formed on natural uh, uh, barriers, so to speak, like streams, roads, something like this. So that means that they can, you can track it over time. So, uh, and, it, and it's, it's more real to, to the people who uh, are living in a, in a particular area if, if, if they can say, yes, I, I know that road, and, and you're right, it, it's, it's uh, declining. Yeah, if not natural barriers, uh, major barriers like 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 roads, <coughs> w- uh, and uh, and as you mentioned, the natural barriers, uh, including creeks and streams and rivers, um, and uh, not to mention that some of our roads, which followed uh, cow paths, which followed the creek path, uh, are are winding. So we have uh, neighborhoods with uh, uh, various configurations. I want to mention that you've had a recent conversation with Joe Burgess, who is uh, very well regarded uh, in the yeah. uh, professional tree community. Uh, and you earlier mentioned Tony Giarusso at Georgia Tech, who is also doing some geographic information uh, systems-based studies related to tree canopy uh, health. Um, uh, recently... Uh, um, I attended just an overview of a, of a new system that is designed to help analyze um, the tree canopy in very small areas, and it's something, a, a seminar which I think you're considering, um, and you'll be able to drill down uh, further into the software uh, which exists, and we're talking about analyzing neighborhoods. Uh, this system, as I understand it, can analyze the vegetation uh, on a single piece of property. So you multiply that for a neighborhood, and eventually we'll be able to do some very um, advanced kinds of studies using the most advanced technology, because we're talking about uh, geographic information systems, uh, 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 visual imagery, and um, and actually an analysis um, of the kinds of vegetation on a on a piece of property or in a neighborhood. It's uh, yeah the the iTree suite of software packages uh, was developed um, uh, by the Forest Service, and uh, basically they worked with Davy Resources Group, uh, and it is an amazing package. It's like you says. Like you, you've indicated, you can um, you can analyze what your future loss of trees is going to be um, due to simple age, like you discussed earlier. Well, it actually, and yeah, it can help you uh, project into the future yeah. uh, not only your tree loss, but because you know one of the underlying uh, beliefs. Um, I'll say of the Environment in Sandy Springs organization is that people like trees, yeah. and yeah. we've found that almost everyone likes trees. I mean, even people who ha- cut down their trees sometimes cut it down with uh, sadness because it, maybe it's it's dead, or maybe because it's uh, too close to the home, and they realize that uh, in time it could be uh, very dangerous, um, and. Given that 
if 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 and you know I think we probably should consider a, a study at some point so that we can get a better handle on just how uh, appreciated the the trees are and the tree canopy is appreciated in 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 a a city like Sandy Springs. If you ask people what they like, just you know, I, I suggest to any listener to ask uh, anyone who's living anywhere in the metro area, or for that matter, anywhere around the country or anywhere around the world, what do you like about your community? And if you have trees, one of the things will be people will say, I like that we have pretty trees. I like that we have the shade from the trees. It might not be that they understand that you derive the benefits of lowering the heat sink, you know, of having uh, cleaner water because trees act as a filtration system of having cleaner air. Some people know that, but they really like the look and the feel of a community that has trees. So if you take the uh, iTrees suite of of, uh, software and you analyze an individual property and you can take a look at what and project what the lifespan might be for existing vegetation, you can also literally ascribe a value to what it's going to cost you to replace your trees. So there are things that can be done um, to slow that process down, you know, where we can keep the tree canopy healthier. And I think, uh, uh, you know, it remains to be seen, but I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to have, to hear you talk about what you, uh, you take away from uh, from the seminars that that are actually teaching you how to uh, use i trees, and I hope the city will have a couple of uh, people uh, taking that same uh, seminar. Um, let's talk about water and watershed um, for a moment, um, and then we'll we'll talk about uh, wildlife. You mentioned that Liz Kramer um, had uh, is able to offer uh, some guidance about the use of uh, geographic information systems to analyze the health of streams. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, Liz is doing a, a lot of c- cutting-edge research. Uh, if you look at uh, traditional stormwater practices, it's all about letting the water get into one place, cleaning it, and then releasing it. I mean, that's fine if you've got uh, multiple places <laughs> that you can um, um, you can um, build a detention pond. Right, right. But if you've already expended the resources to build uh, yeah. a detention, uh, water retention uh, uh, ponds and yeah. can have filtration systems. Yeah, but they have, that's, that's a limited amount of... Uh, land that can be used for that where what uh, Liz's research and proposals focus on is preventing the water the pollutants from entering the water and you do that by looking at the water routes that the pollutants ride so to speak to get into the streams and and you disperse the water before it gets into the streams and and that's can be as simple as planting a um, a tree or a shrub in, in strategic places, and the the second thing that it does is it defines origination points. Now, previous to all this, previous to her research and and, and some people uh, in the Chesapeake Bay region, um, 
it was thought that there there were just non-point uh, 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 source pollutants. Yeah. yeah. But now they're saying no. That there, there's actually each point has an origination, and and with Liz's research combined with um, uh, Brian Bledsoe's research, uh, uh, you can now identify the uh, uh, routes, prioritize them, and and co- and come up with a solution to disperse the pollutants. Yeah, she uh, she is utilizing uh, again geographic information system to look where there are impervious services and where there's development and then what those uh, routes are uh, of the water and uh, you know it would be nice to see trees planted um, for both aesthetic reasons but also strategically um, to be a part of a filtration system because uh, trees provide that. Uh, uh, the root systems act as natural filtration systems, and the uh, the leaves act as filtration for the air. We're going to be talking more about some of the science behind uh, some of these uh, methodologies for creating uh, smart uh, public policies related to preserving the environment. We're here with Bill Cleveland, chairman of the Environment Sandy Springs Board. We'll be back to talk with Bill right after this break. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. I'm Ron Camacho, your host, and I'm here with Bill Cleveland, the chairman of Environment Sandy Springs, a nonprofit organization in North Metro Atlanta, the city of Sandy Springs to be exact, uh, that is focusing on preservation of the tree canopy, of the creeks uh, and, and streams, uh, helping the watershed to stay uh, clean and healthy, and Uh, helping wildlife to have a healthy habitat. And I might at this point uh, add that there are organizations like the Sandy Springs Conservancy that does a great job in helping to promote uh, um, the preservation and actual uh, growth of green space uh, in Atlanta and connectivity of those green spaces, um, which will come into play a little later in the program and also, watershed uh, uh, the Watershed Alliance uh, is 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 um, doing lots to uh, educate people and to promote uh, a, a cleaner, healthier watershed 
including creeks and streams. One thing before I um, we move on to uh, wildlife bill that I wanted to mention is that the metro Atlanta area, not unlike a lot of metro areas, but I dare say, I bet there is not another region and maybe not another city that has a more intricate network of creeks and streams Sandy Springs in particular because 20 miles of one of its border is the Chattahoochee River has a vast network of creeks and streams and that when we were talking about utilizing geographic information systems because you can't walk all the creeks and streams they're just not accessible they're in the backyards of of, of people's homes uh, and some of them are really small, but they all add up to form the watershed that we're talking about keeping healthy. So looking at it, utilizing geographic information systems and doing a, a spectral analysis, you can kind of get a feel for where the contamination is and where the cleaner water is. And, and that's the importance of the work of someone like uh, Dr. Liz Kramer. Um, I, would you agree about my assessment about this vast network uh, of creeks and streams? Yeah, it's amazing. Unless you've seen a map uh, that's been generated through GIS, you, you cannot imagine the the extent of the stream network in Sandy Springs. It is it is just jaw dropping. On the other hand. Um, it helps in some ways, and not just in, in just not just uh, uh, having knowledge of the creeks, but it helps to preserve the trees because you have a uh, seventy-five foot setback on either side of any creek, which means that those are sacro- sacrosanct. You can't you can't uh, impinge on, on those, and that helps to uh, have a long term. Uh, conservation of trees. I, I, I have found when it comes to the environment that the hip bone is connected to the thigh bone <laughs> yeah. and that um, that the existence of healthier creeks and streams, which is irrigation for the urban forest that we're talking about, affords exactly what you're talking about is uh, trees uh, that can grow. And I know, for example, and, and you to your point, if you'd have to look at a map to see where the creeks and streams are, it is amazing. It seems to cover uh, every football uh, field size of property uh, in Sandy Springs and maybe the metro area. It has some uh, creek or stream going through it. Uh, and in my very neighborhood, although I don't uh, border a creek, except one which develops uh, temporarily during heavy rains because there's a slope and part of my backyard actually uh, develops into a creek. But there are, are there's an existing creek that goes through uh, the neighborhood that is protected by the buffers you're talking about. And consequently, there's about 35 acres of protected forest land. I mean, the, the homes get to border uh, the the creeks and streams. And, you know, I know that we're not the only neighborhood that has homes that, that, that back up to creeks and streams 
that have contoured uh, their own land with terraces and patios overlooking these really beautiful creeks and streams with pools developing uh, water uh, rock formations around and waterfalls and that's part of what we're preserving the health as well as the aesthetics of of of, of this environment with that in mind one other thing that the creeks and streams uh uh aid in the the maintaining of the environmental health uh, is wildlife and wildlife habitat. You work with Dr. Chris Mallory in the biology department and uh, one of the leading wildlife biologists in the nation. Tell us a little bit about the work with Dr. Barry. Tell us about his wildlife inventory. And then a little bit later, I'm going to ask you to tell us about how what we're doing in Sandy Springs relates to what he's doing on a larger scale nationally. But what 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 are we doing uh, with Dr. Chris Mowry? Uh, <coughs> Chris is an interesting guy. Um, years ago, he started um, uh, camera trapping, which basically is taking a wildlife camera, uh, putting it uh, on a tree, and then see what happens, see, see what kind of wildlife uh, um, show up. And he's done this across the metro area, uh, but it was kind of on on a, you know, catch-and-catch-can basis in the sense that he wasn't really um, taking a, a, a definite segment of a stream and, and watching uh, and watching the uh, wildlife. That's kind of where we came in. Uh, we partnered with Chris on a portion of Marsh Creek, basically from the UPS par- uh, property to the east, all the way down to the Chattahoochee on the west. And Yeah, right. We might mention that it transverses the width of the city of Sandy Springs. Yeah. And, you know, and, and is pretty large in some places and really beautiful. It's uh, it's amazing, um, and and the 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 images that we got from those from those cameras were outstanding. We had blue heron, we had foxes, we had coyotes, we had deer, we had minks, we had otters, we had raccoons, uh, and, and but what was really amazing was that they came in some of the most unlikely uh, parcels of land. Some of these images, and I'm thinking of one location. Uh, this location was maybe 1,500 feet from uh, Abernathy, 1,500 feet from um, Johnson's Ferry, and maybe 1,000 feet from Rossville Road. Yet we found mink. Which are all major thoroughfares. Yes. Now. Yeah. We were astounded. We found owls we found um uh you mean you mentioned mink which was a real which was a real surprise to a lot of people to find that there were mink in sandy springs and this this image was a mink with its prey uh so i i think i think that the real value you get is it dispels uh um the idea that Oh well, wildlife can't live in, in, in such an urbanized area. 
Oh, yes, they can, and we've got the images to prove it. Well, they can live and they can thrive. And, and also, I mean, uh, kids uh, love, uh, well, not just kids, adults uh, uh, love uh, to, to see uh, owls and, and beaver and uh, even coyote. And uh, even though there's some co- controversy that surrounds coyote and people who are uh, concerned about uh their pets and small children. Um, uh, uh, coyotes are an indication of how the ecosystem as well, and uh, um, and it's not just frogs and uh, and 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 turtles, which are also something that the lots of kids and adults uh, really uh, like. And so, yes, we we have an abundance, and we'd like to maintain an abundance of uh, wildlife, which. Um, Brings me to the placement of those cameras uh, in the backyards. Uh, it's got to be a really good sign that you had uh, residents who were receptive to having a camera placed in their backyard. And by the way, I want to give a tip of the hat to uh, Jay Boylan, a, uh, a board member emeritus of uh, Environment yeah. Sandy Springs. Uh, Jay was most instrumental in uh, literally uh, walking the property, looking for a good place to position the camera, and then literally mounting the camera, then adjusting to get a view of places where we might find wildlife. And then later it was revealed that we did find uh, wildlife because it was water that might have been uh, a still pond off of a, a larger flow where animals went to drink uh, and hunt. And... Uh, um, and, and there are some fantastic images, which, by the way, if you go to www.environmentsandysprings.org, you can see some of those images posted. Um, but let's segue from the, 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 the smaller picture here in Sandy Springs with cameras posted strategically to capture a wildlife activity Tell us a little bit about what Dr. Chris Mallory is doing on a larger scale uh, nationally, Bill. Yeah, this was really interesting. Um, the uh, the project that that uh, Environment Sandy Springs and Chris did, uh, conducted along uh, Marsh Creek was actually in, instrumental in Chris becoming uh, a contributor to uh Lincoln Park Zoo's uh, national conservation effort. Uh, long story short, uh, they heard of the uh, Lincoln Park Zoo heard of the of the uh, uh, project over here, and 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 now lit, uh, now uh, Chris is is leading uh, uh, what they call a transect, uh, which is more, nothing more than a study area. Um, uh, for uh, uh, the Sandy Springs area, Sandy Springs, Atlanta, Roswell, uh, and John Creek's a- area. Yeah, so he's kind of linked a, a few of the municipalities yeah, to be yeah. part of that that larger study. Yeah, and so um, so we're looking we're looking forward to supporting Chris when when this study actually begins, and we're supporting him with. Some of the cameras that we used on Marsh Creek were dedicating to this transect uh, um, study. Uh, you mentioned um, 
Marsh Creek. And when we come back, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about Marsh Creek. It's one of the major uh, creeks uh, through Sandy Springs, and uh, there's some efforts to uh, create a Marsh Creek greenway, greenway, and we'll have you talk about that and uh, some of the major players right after this break. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the America's Broadcast Network membership organization for patient care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, please go to www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Business Hour. We're here with Bill Cleveland, and we've been talking about the work of Environment Sandy Springs on uh, behalf of of citizens, uh, residents uh, who support uh, the nonprofit organization's efforts to uh, maintain a, a healthy tree canopy, a healthy watershed, and healthy habitat for the wildlife. And um, before the break, I mentioned um, what Bill referenced a couple of times, and that is Marsh Creek. And there is a, an effort afoot to create um, green space in the form of a greenway, which is uh, along uh, a portion of Marsh Creek. And uh, I might uh, add and give credit to the Sandy Springs Conservancy for playing uh, a pivotal role uh, moving forward on that project. But also, you know, prior to the execution of uh, creating um, a greenway, and, and, and I'll have you tell us who conceived of that project as well, because we worked uh, with Mario, uh, and, uh, and uh, he's on the professional advisory board as well. But uh, tell us what it is that Environment Sandy Springs saw as a as the uh, critical initial stage to uh, making sure that the uh, Marsh Creek Greenway area um, was healthier. Yeah, um, just as a you know a, a way of describing the area that we're talking about it we're talking about uh, a tributary that um, meanders uh, from Abernathy Road all, all the way to the junction of of Marsh Marsh Creek and it's a tributary of Marsh Creek right that area is overgrown with kudzu privet you name it it's there 
Uh, and uh, back in uh, January, uh, we took some of the council members uh, through there and said, "Look, look, you can, you can uh, uh, restore this creek and and plant trees and shrubs." So that the the water temperature drops, and thereby aiding uh, your your effort to clean up uh, Marsh Creek, uh, and that looks like it's it, it's going to come to a conclusion. I mean, that we're going to be working with the city to to make that restoration a reality. But we pointed out uh, during that walkthrough that. The city also owns the area north and south of Marsh Creek, and those um, those areas are in rough condition. Uh, it is everything from dead trees to to privet to kudzu, ivy, you name it, it's there. And we'd like to see uh, the city take initiative um, to clean up that area. Uh, and I think it, the, the cleanup would do a lot of things. First of all, obviously remove the the uh, risk um, of, an, of just destroying the whole area. Uh, second, uh, it would actually expedite the planning of the, of the greenway because the, the planners could then see exactly what's out there, what how the ter- terrain is is uh, 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 what condition it's in. And, and thirdly, there's so much, there's so much invasive species that that to clean it up, is, you're going to have to have areas that where that's just put down to rot, and that way you can, uh, uh, if if that's already you know deposited like that, you can do better planning for the greenway. So and so the the two are somewhat related, but they're fundamentally, you know, different. Well, we're talking about laying the groundwork uh, for a healthier uh, uh, I- environment so that you can create a greenway yeah. that's uh, um, suitable for um, uh, trails, yeah. uh, if you will. Um, <clears throat> I might um, explain to uh, listeners not familiar with kudzu or privet uh, that they're both ivy-like uh, uh, vegetation that uh, will strangle, uh, literally strangle trees that rob them of nutrients, and are are uh, are, are a very invasive species that uh, um, have to be controlled, have to be removed, and that's what uh, we've been talking about. Uh, it, it'll be a critical stage uh, to restoring the health of of the area along Marsh Creek and its tributaries. Um, Marsh Creek, the concept for a greenway was created by Mario Cambardella, who uh, is a member of your uh, professional or our professional advisory board. And uh, tell us about uh, how that concept was created. A really interesting story. Uh, Mario grew up in Sandy Springs, and he uh, frequented, as a boy, uh, Marsh Creek. That was his playground. So... Mario goes off to college, goes to UGA, and becomes a landscaping major. His senior year, he has to uh, do a thesis, so he said he picked something that he knew about, Marsh Creek, and uh, that was he did an inventory of the birds and vegetations and trees 
in the area, kind of sketched out what a, a, a greenway would look like. And I think everybody acknowledges that Mario was kind of the intellectual godfather of Marsh Creek and pointed out how it could be used. Uh, it's, it's really an interesting story. Yeah, I think uh, it has uh, the best uh, of origins from a guy who uh, played in the creeks and streams to a guy who envisioned uh, <coughs> a greenway, which I think will be coming to fruition over the next couple of years uh, and because of the plan that he created as a landscape architecture student at the University of Georgia. <coughs> Pardon me, Bill, I want to turn to um, another aspect of uh, uh, ESS's mission, and that is public information. Um, and uh, we uh, we have another board member, uh, uh, John Gillen, uh, has been working uh, with you uh, on getting the word out about uh, the public information sessions that we'll be conducting through uh, 2019 uh, and beyond um, that are designed to help educate people about the, the things related to uh, uh, environmental protection. Tell us about those uh, um information sessions. Yeah. We're really excited about this because we feel that it it sort of fills a void. Uh, it's not just sessions for the for the general public, but for the elected officials. To, uh, uh, and it focuses on three areas. Water quality, uh, wildlife, uh, protection of wildlife habitats, and protection of the canopy. And so it, it fills in with our mission and and seeks to, to at least raise questions of, um, <clears throat> about how we go about protecting. And, you know, one uh, almost like a, at a governance level, what do you actually do? Um, it's one thing to say, I think that environment should be protected. It's another thing to say, here's how you do it. And that's what, that's what the, these uh, um, uh, sessions are... are Targeting. And and you're going to take some of those sessions uh, right into uh, actual neighborhoods and uh, and work with uh, some of the civic associations. And I might add that Sandy Springs happens to be one of those communities with a vast uh, 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 network, if you will, of uh, neighborhoods that are uh, formalized in the form of civic associations and homeowner associations. And uh, that developed uh, in part because before Sandy Springs became a city and was, was under the jurisdiction of uh, Fulton County, the large, most populated county uh, in, uh, in Georgia, um, neighborhoods felt like they wanted to have a measure of control. And so uh, we're taking it uh, uh, to um, the citizenry, to residents, in the form of sessions that will yeah. uh, uh, be conducted in, in, in some of the neighborhoods. Um, What's on the horizon uh, for uh, um, environmental Sandy Springs, Bill? Well, I think you, I, I think you kind of touched on on the future, and the future is a little bit different from traditional civic organization. It's empowering the neighborhoods, and not and and I literally mean empowering the neighborhoods instead of organizations asking for neighborhood support. <clears throat> we would be supporting the neighborhood's um, agenda for uh, protecting and enhancing the environment. And, you know, we um, talked about 
uh, early on that there was a professional advisory board and that uh, Environment of Sandy Springs uh, leverages uh, science uh, to educate and, and inform uh, a, uh, a public policy related uh, to that science. And, and so I want to take a moment to say that we've got Jamie Blackburn, who's an urban horticulturist uh, uh, um, that has worked with us in the past. And currently, uh, we have a new gentleman, Josh, um, with Davey, a tree who yeah. uh, has been uh, working with us, not on the professional advisory board. Uh, Dr. Brian Bledsoe of the University of G- Georgia is a uh, uh, an engineer and hydrologist. Mario Cambardella, who we mentioned, is a landscape architect, and actually he's now the uh, acting director of urban agriculture for the city of Atlanta. Uh, John Cheek is someone we've worked with for years, is an architect and urban planner who works with the city of uh, Sandy Springs, and John has advised us um, through the years. We mentioned Doc Liz, Dr. Liz Kramer of the University of Georgia Natural Resources Spatial Development Lab, say that five times in a row, yeah. uh, and Dr. Christopher Mowry, the uh, PhD from Berry College Department of Biology who focuses on on wildlife. Uh, I'd say that's a critical mass of really, really good uh, local and regional uh, intellectual uh, capital that uh, we've managed to harness and uh, and and uh, through in no measure uh, in no small measure to uh, through your efforts, Bill. So uh, thanks for uh, assembling some of those folks in. Thank you for taking the time to come on to the Business Hour and talk about the work of the Sandy Springs uh, Environmental Organization entitled Environment Sandy Springs, www.environmentsandysprings.org. And we're wrapping up today's segment. Thank you for uh, listening to the Business Hour here at America's Web Radio. We're on 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio and Internet next week. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me and i am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not so fun experience moving call timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience around town movers for that local or cross-country move timothy around town movers in my opinion are the best that's around town movers Call them. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy 
or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schurz, as we talk about the topics that doctors talk about amongst themselves, such as Medicare, Obamacare, alternative forms of care, and health information technology. Join us every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m.